Good to have you. Good to have you. Bill Michaels Show. You want to go to hold of us? Uh, 877-867-1670. You can find us on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels. At Bill underscore Michaels. At Wisco Grant. If you want to get a hold of Grant Bills, uh, the Instagram page is simply The Bill Michaels Show. You can find everything on the Facebook fan page. Facebook.com slash The Bill Michaels Show. We are on YouTube, and you can subscribe. It's free. doesn't cost you anything. Go to YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. And if you are a, a gamer and you are more advanced, uh, you can go to Twitch, download the Twitch app or the Kick app. Same thing, Bill Michael Show, Twitch or Kick, or both. Uh, you can also track us down uh, on the uh, the app, The Zone Madison, The Zone, Z-O-N-E, The Zone Madison app, W-O-Z-N. Uh, and you can listen to us after the fact on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, always the website is simply thebillmichaels.com. That's thebillmichaels.com. And uh, you can email the program, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. Um, Rick says, what is the average league-wide on draft choices getting a second contract? I don't know. That's a great question. I don't know. Well, I, I put it this way. Um, are you talking about with the same team or are you talking about in with other teams? The average life of uh, a running back is minimal. The average life of a decent offensive lineman is longer. Um, you know, there. I, but that's a great question. I don't know. I know that the the money has become drastically different between some of the premium positions versus some of the much like running backs, you know, guards, defensive linemen, you know. So as opposed to say cornerbacks, pass rushers, wideouts and quarterbacks, you know. So uh, absolutely. Um Jack says, hey, Bill, have you watched ESPN lately? What is it with the women looking like they're all going to go clubbing in New York? I don't know. Um, maybe it's an enhancement thing. Uh, maybe it's they're just dressing them up. I, I I, don't know. What is the girl they call Kmart? She doesn't. I think I've seen her dressed up one time. You know, she wears a dress and usually like high-top Jordans. And I don't know. I I, I really don't care. <laughs> uh, I just don't. I have been, you know, yeah, Rick says it's the eye candy. Uh, there's a couple of girls that, women, I shouldn't say girls, but women that, you know, they're, I, I really, I like. Uh, it's funny because some of the ones that are the most respectable are the ones that they've let go, which I find unbelievably um disconcerting ESPN for, for calling it what it is is it has paid a ton of money to some of its premium talent some of which I don't agree with it has gone uh, it has catered to the very loud uh, how do I put this the very loud groups 
as opposed to the general mass audience. Uh, it's a part of Disney, enough said. And I just, I have, you know, I appreciate certain analysts. Uh, I love Dan Orlovsky and the way he breaks down plays. Uh, I have always enjoyed, uh, you know, the roundtable discussions via football. Um, but, you know, some of their college stuff. Paul Feinbaum, I think, is unbelievably knowledgeable. He's somewhat biased, and I like that, but he's unbelievably knowledgeable. Uh, I've always enjoyed Kirk Herbstreet uh, and Jay Billis. And, you know, when you talk about different college athletics and such, um, some of the guys, Tim Kirkchin and them from baseball. Uh, but beyond that, uh, what what really bothers me is, you know, they, they'll uh, – like, like, go back to Kmart. I can't listen to her. She adds – Nothing to a conversation. Nothing. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm just like, okay. When, whenever she begins to talk, I just turn a channel. And it, get up in the morning is unwatchable because of Mike Greenberg. So, and, you know, I, that's why when you ask me that, I don't pay that much attention. Bill, I, I wanted to, I wanted to bring up Greeny because uh, I saw it on Twitter last night, but um, is it... Tucher and Rich, Tucker and Rich, who are on the Sports Hub in Boston, lit up Greenberg yesterday. And I found the clip on Twitter. They were making fun of him for this and that and telling stories of when they used to know him in, in local TV in Chicago mm-hmm. when he was an intern right. there. Like, there are a lot of radio people that can't stand Mike Greenberg. I'll, I'll have to send this link to you. It's pretty funny. Yeah, do it. Uh, I Look, uh, Mike Greenberg, um, when it was Mike and Mike, I really... I respected the role that he played. He was the nerdy kid who was a sports geek who deferred to, you know, Mike Golick and other players and coaches. Uh, he he looked at it through the starry-eyed kid who never really was able to be any kind of an athlete, but yet here he is on one of the biggest talk shows talking sports and uh, kind of spreading his knowledge. And, and he had uh, some really good takes. And there was actually one today I saw, and it actually aired during SportsCenter, that um, he talked about Andy Reid, and he was dead on. And then when they went to something else, I completely flipped it off. But he can be – he's unbelievably well-written and can be well-spoken and such. But the over-the-top Rodgers stuff, and it has become an extension of the New York Jets, I can't, I can't watch it anymore. And like I said, it's between him and Kmart, and all they do is sit there and talk and kiss each other's ass, and both of which are unlistenable. There's nothing that's added to the conversation – that makes me – I love – you know, because people ask what I watch. I, I watch Good Morning Football. I'll watch Boomer and Carton. I'll listen to programs all over the, the country. I'll try to read as many, you know, periodicals as I can when it comes to online stuff. Um, I watch the MLB Network. Uh, I, I watch Fox. I, I, just, I just spin around until I find something that is going to teach me something. I just, that's what I try to do. And, uh, you know, ESPN used to be like just highlights, and I love that because then I could at least get a flavor and a taste and a feel for what was going on in certain things that I I gave a damn about. And then there were stories. There were some stories that would pop up, and they would be informative, and and I can appreciate that. Uh, But, like, the talk show stuff in the morning, I I, I just, I I can't watch some of this crap because it's just... It's it's just bad. And then the people that they defer to now as, quote, 
are experts who are all over it. I, I've actually seen, now it's been a while since I've been a consistent in a locker room, but I've seen some of these people that they forced down your throat as, quote, an experts. And they're terrible. I mean, if you really want experts, call Mike Clemens. They, they, they make, you know, call Mike. I mean, they do a good job with Rob Namofsky, but call Mike Clemens. He's got more insight, more stories, and more, more into it than damn near any one of those reporters. You know, I love Orlovsky because he can break down a play. He can show you things to look for. He can show you good things, bad things, whatever. And he's very honest about it. I appreciate that. Um, but, God, uh, some of this stuff, you know, they go to some of these. So, and even some of the former players. You know, I, I like Teddy Bruschi, but there's times I'm, I'm like, Teddy, did you get hit in the head? What what the hell did you just say? You know, I, I, I don't even know how to respond to all of that. So, anything. Um, uh, Jason says, Rich Eisen has turned into puke, too. Rich Eisen, at least at times, can can give me something to kind of grasp onto, and I listen uh, to him on the NFL Network. But, yeah, it's it's... Some of the stuff, some of the guy talk stuff is funny. It's it's good in doses, but it can't be your constant because it's just, it wears on you. It's just like, ah, okay, whatever. You know, we've been there, done that. You know, give me something new. Give me something insightful. Give me some news. Give me something that I can, you know, nobody goes to a water cooler anymore, so that's old terminology, but give me something that I can I can be a part of, you know. Um, I, I, I heard Rich Eisen's take on the first Hard Knocks. I thought it was brilliant. He was he was absolutely 100% dead on. Um, so, and then when he, you know, talks NFL and stuff, I, I enjoy that kind of thing. So I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's to each his own. But doing what I do for a living, I'm always looking to learn. And there's times I'm wrong. I mean, I'm wrong. You guys let me know that. You guys and girls, for that matter. You let me know it. When I screw something up, you're the first ones there to say, hey, dude, this isn't right. And usually if I catch it, I'll go back and say, hey, I screwed this up. So I'm always looking to learn some things, but but some of this stuff is just puke. It's it's man, it's 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 awful. ESPN feels so boiled down, and I think Bill, it's because they have like five or six minute commercial breaks, and then they come back and they run a highlight, and someone talks for thirty seconds, and then they move on. Like I think yeah. some of these personalities are good, and these experts are good, but when Mike Clemens comes on with us, he'll go for fifteen minutes. And, and Bill, I'm sure you've experienced this too. I've had Mike on my show, and we've been going for fifteen minutes, and Mike says something, and I go, Mike. Why was that not the first thing you said when we started talking? Right. That's unbelievable. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. But you only get some of those stories when you can talk. And you and ESPN, they just go so quickly. It's 30 seconds at a time. I, I struggle to watch it. You know, what's funny is when Mike comes on and sitting here watching the live stream, as I do, I can see the numbers. And the numbers are in numbers of minimals, but they're 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 actually, I think it's doubled or tripled via the calculator, whatever that is. But I can sit here and watch as Mike begins to talk, the numbers go up. And we start to talk Packers, the numbers go up. And it, 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 it like during a postgame show, they're huge. They're, they're record numbers. And it's, it's because it's teach me something, let us vent, and give me a, a straight no BS opinion, you know, that type of thing. And, uh, yeah, so when you talk about Mike Clemens versus some of the other idiots that they have on the four-letter network, hell, even the NFL network, 
uh, in the NFL Network the other day had a comedian on, which was a complete waste of time. He was a Bears fan, and I didn't like him anyway, but he, he's not funny. And he was a complete waste of time. And the only reason he was there is because he's from Chicago, and they're all amped up that they're going to beat the Packers. And that was the only reason he was there. I didn't learn a damn thing, and I ended up turning it off. And, and I thought, this sucks. I'm not going to go back. But, like, when they have Stacey Dales on, love Stacey Dales. Absolutely just really intelligent, smart, does her homework, is in the locker rooms. I get it. You know, Sal Palantonio, love that guy. Great. Get it. You know, there's a few people that are good reporters that I really, really uh, appreciate. You know, Sam Acho, because he'll stand up to anybody. I, I love some of him, too, you know. Um, so Swagoo, as they call him, I love watching his stuff, you know, because he's he's no nonsense. So uh, I like a lot of that, but, man, some of this stuff that they're trying to force down your throat because it's it's politically correct, we'll say, to be nice about it, is just it's garbage. It's garbage. Um. Eight seven seven eight six seven. I went far too long in that. Uh, let's do this. Speaking of Mike Clemens, he joined us earlier in the first hour of the program, had a, kind of an update from practice today, but it was real interesting because we talked about some position battles, and I wanted to get back into that. Okay, so let's do this. Uh, I agree with you, Jason. Doris Burke, uh, when it comes to basketball, very, very good. No doubt. Very, very good. Hang in there. we got a lot more to get to. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at the Sunset Grill. They, too are on Pewaukee Lake, where you can go sit and watch the sunset. You can watch some sports. You can sit on the deck. You can sit down by the water. They've got music on the weekends. A lot of good stuff going on at the Sunset Grill. They have really, really, really upped their game. If you haven't been there in a while, man, get over there. Prospect Avenue, right there in Pewaukee. More of the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. Still hanging out. Who good stuff. Um, let's do this real quick before we get into the Mike Clemens comments. Uh, we still got our buddy Gerard uh, listening to us in Delaware on the line. Gerard, what's going on? Hey, Bill. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. How you doing? Oh, good. Uh, look. I don't watch ESPN because they, and I, I hate to bring, they went political and I'm not going to get into their politics, but that's why I don't want only watch them if the Packers or one of my other teams are on there. That's the only reason to. And they went down from a hundred million viewers to 30 million. So right. that tells you a lot about their programming and everything else. But you know what I wanted to talk about yesterday's practice, not today's at Green Bay. I, I get the New England network because I'm a Celtic fan, blah, blah, blah. Right. So the guy Bedard was on, who used to be a Packer writer. Right. And Curran were on. And they were saying that the Packers humiliated them. Uh, they were hitting them with the long passes, the Dobbs and Watson, the tight ends they couldn't cover. And then they said the Packer defense really sacked uh, the New England quarterbacks between five and eight times. And, mm-hmm. and they were really praising the Packers a lot. But they were saying the corners on New England are young and they're, you know, 
they're, they're sort of overrated or whatever. They're number one pick in Dallas. They were insinuating, you know, you know how tough the media is there. Right. But that guy Bedard wouldn't be a bad guest next week after they play them, you know, because, like I said, and then they had Belichick on. And Belichick was speaking about the Packers. He praised the wide receivers, praised the backs. Pray, he said they have a veteran uh, offensive line. He said their uh, their quarterback is real good. Then he went into it, and he wasn't slow talking this. You know, Belichick is methodical as he right. speaks and sort of boring. He wasn't like that. So he gets on there and he speaks about love, and he says, "Yeah, if love is, you know, he and they, oh, he, by the way, he said they're very well coached." But he said about love. He said if he does the short passing game and hits his intermediate passes and they run the ball, they could be really good this year. He said. Yeah. So, you know, we, we're hearing all this stuff on the outside, and we hear this stuff about Goody. Now, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what other teams, in other words, when Ron Wolf was GM of the Packers, he said when free agents started, he said you're going to lose 23 to 29% of your roster every year. Okay, right. so I don't know how these other teams, I don't go through the other teams draft, but I could tell you this. I'm watching, like I said, I'm watching these shows in New England, and all they do is rip Belichick. First, they call him the greatest coach ever, even over Lombardi, which is ridiculous to me because it was a different era and it was much tougher back in those days because of the racial things and everything else. And and now they're ripping him to shreds, says he doesn't draft good. So, you, you know, it's not just Green Bay you hear this stuff. By the way, I think he does a good job. You know, but I mean, it's not just Green Bay you hear this stuff. They're they're ripping Belichick every day now. So so you know, like I said, you know, you could be you could be a winner, you could be this, you could be that, and then all of a sudden the quarterback leaves. You know, Brady left, and they're saying, well, it was really Brady because they won, and uh, it's ridiculous all this stuff. You know what I mean? So you hear yep, it all yep. over, Bill. That's my point. You know. Yeah, I uh, when you know, first of all, the whole thing with Belichick and I, I said, look, all all along, I said that Belichick and Brady are the modern day version of Lombardi and Star, because you're right, you can't compare the years just because it was so drastically different. Uh, but no, they they <laughs> they praise Belichick for being the greatest mind ever, and then uh, the minute Brady's gone, they want to rip him apart, which I think he did some of his best coaching a couple of years ago. Uh, when they first got Mac Jones and Mac Jones, they actually looked like they were poised to make a you know a postseason run at that point, and he he put that team together with bailing wire and bubble gum. So I, I thought he did a pretty good job. Now what he's done since, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, no, I I don't know. I mean, Bill Belichick is first of all always very complimentary of the opponent. Remember, it's always on to the next thing. Uh, he's not going to say anything that's going to infuriate, infuse, or give billboard fodder to even in a preseason game with a game coming up on Saturday night. And, I, you know, he's he's always been a – put it this way, he must like Matt LaFleur for him to say, yeah, we'd love to do a joint practice. Because otherwise he'd just right. say, no, we're not going to, we're not going to come here. So he must already like Matt LaFleur and like the Packers organization in that sense anyway. So you would assume well, he, he's going to heap some praise there. Right, and then he went on to say, you know, the Packers have a lot of number one picks on that team. You know yes. what I'm saying? And it, you know, yep. he didn't sound like the normal. Like he does, like you said, you're, you, I agree with you that he does praise the other team, but he went really over the top. Mm-hmm. So, 
there's something going on there, or else he really does think the Packers, which I do. I think they might have. Right. Look, like I said in the beginning, I hope they, they either make the playoffs or they only get five wins and we get a high pick. <laughs> right. I appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you soon. Let's do this. Uh, I know it's a little bit early, but let's take a break because we're late for Mike's stuff, and I want to get the Mike Clemens conversation in, in case you missed it in the uh, in the first uh, segment of the show, first hour of the show. So I want to get to that, and uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get into all of that so you can hear Mike from practice, from Packers practice today, talking about some of the position battles and also about the kicking game in case you missed any of that because that was good stuff. Hey, uh, real quick, I do want to tell you, though, the ICHC, the Irish Cultural Heritage Center, my buddy Corey Webster and the gang, uh, they're going to have a presence down at the Irish Fest uh, on the uh, Summerfest grounds coming up this weekend. So if you're looking to do something, uh, you know, on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever. Uh, the ICHC is going to be down there. Irish Fest this weekend at the Lakefront Festival Grounds uh, downside, inside Milwaukee, the Summerfest Grounds, as everybody knows them. And maybe we'll see you down there at some point. But uh, Corey Webster and the gang, I uh, just want to remind you that uh, it's Irish Fest this weekend. And they also just announced a few more bands for the uh, for the fall and the holiday season. Uh, some good Christmassy Irish holiday type of music. So that's coming up at the ICHC as well. Go to ICHC.net. That's ICHC.net on West Wisconsin Avenue, just west of the Marquette campus uh, in downtown Milwaukee. Or call Corey, 414-345-8800. 414-345-8800. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Michael show continuing on hey uh, in case you missed it from a little bit earlier today uh, just before practice got underway at uh, in Green Bay or as it was going on actually uh, yeah Matt LaFleur's presser and such and then uh, Mike Clemens gave us a call and we talked about some of the position battles some of the good some of the bad some of the things that are going on and then obviously the concern when it comes to the kicking game some of you did not get a chance to hear it, as many of you uh, were not on the network fully at that point in time. So we wanted to give it back to you. Mike Clemens uh, at practice on the show with us a little bit earlier today. Take a listen. Anyway, we're here at the uh, Packers joint practices with the New England Patriots. And uh, I, I got to start off with a bit of a rant on the behalf of fans. You know that huge parking lot? That's uh, what would that be to the east of Lambeau Field? You know they put that Johnsonville yeah. Broad structure in there, so right. it's completely blocked off for parking for fans. I don't know where fans are. they're probably parked in Sheboygan for this thing. I mean everything is blocked off. A lot of it has to do, I think, for the safety of the visiting team, for the Patriots, and they come and bring them in in golf carts and and whatnot. But mm-hmm. it's just uh, parking is hard here. Now I'm look. I'm inside the practice field, and yeah, the stands are full, and there's people out there on the street uh, as well. But it's not as big of a crowd as you would anticipate for these two days of joint practices that they're hosting here. And, and we had some showers overnight, but it's perfect out here right now. I just I wish that, that we could make the parking a little bit more easier for fans. And I'm sure anybody that tries to come to one of these things would agree. I we don't have any really. Uh, outstanding breaking news from this camp. Jaden Reed, the number 11, that slot receiver that uh, 
uh, you know, there's so much promise for. He sat out practice yesterday. LaFleur just said that he wasn't sure what his status was, if he's going to be able to participate. Inside linebacker Devondre Campbell sat out yesterday's practice. That also might be a little bit of a standpoint of they need to look at the back end of candidates that have got an inside linebacker. I would say the biggest story right here, Bill, I thought was intriguing. It's something we started kicking around. When you have a rookie out of the seventh round from Kentucky like Carrington Valentine, who keeps impressing every day through OTAs, mini camps, and now three weeks in the training camp and making plays in a game and on family night and yesterday here, it's like maybe to get this guy on the field. And while Eric Stokes is still rehabbing, so where would you put him? And the other thing is no one has distinguished themselves as the safety that's going to be alongside Darnell Savage Jr. Maybe it's time to move Rasul Douglas back to safety and and then bring in this Carrington kid because he's just got as much speed as Eric Stokes did a couple of years ago. And mm-hmm. so Bill Huber from Sports Illustrated got into the locker room first and asked Rasul that question. He goes, yeah, that might be a possibility. He was, seemed to be actually, he, can, he said, yeah, I could be Ed Reed. I could be Ed Reed. Right. So LaFleur even said they might look at it. That's what we'll be looking for to see, you know, will they actually get to that point where they think that they could move 29 to the back end? Mike, uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about Anders Carlson. I know you and I have touched on it a little bit, but uh, the fact that he has not been consistent, continues to be inconsistent, I know that they like his big leg, but, um, you know, I, I guess the question you I have for you is how long of a leash do they give him into the season? I don't know, man. I don't know. Because, you know what, if Mason Crosby was still here, uh, you wouldn't be concerned about it. And, you know, Belichick's got 38 Nick Folk here, uh, just in case the young kicker he's got in camp, you know, doesn't doesn't pan out. He made his kicks uh, yesterday, but it's just another one of his head scratchers. So we talked about, uh, you know, he's, he, Anders Carlson is kicking about 70% for camp. He misses two-point after touchdowns, though, in, in Cincinnati in good conditions. Then he misses one inside the Hudson Center the other day. Then yesterday, there's a little bit of a crosswind out here. It picked up at other times, but they were doing two-minute. So he had a hurry-up, run, step, plant, kick, just as if you would as time was expiring to try and kick the winning field goal. I think he was from about 40 out. It was the worst field goal attempt I've ever seen in all the years I've been out here to practice. It was horrible. I mean, there's wow. there's fans they pull out of the stands at family night that have better kicks. It, this thing went up. It went sideways. It never got end over end. It kind of floated, and it fell at about the 12-yard line. And today, LaFleur said, was asked, was that the wind or was that a missed kick? And he said, no, he's got too strong of a leg. It was a missed kick. Mike, I put out the the, perce- the hypothetical today. I don't know if you were listening or not, but I said, you know, uh, I know they want to work with this guy because you cannot teach a big leg, and he's got a big leg. Uh, but what happens if, say, the Packers battle and fight, and the, it's game one, and it's the Bears, and, you know, the whole I own you thing, trying to keep that, you know, tradition alive, if you will, and it comes down to a 37 or 40-yard field goal, and he absolutely shankopotamuses one to lose a game against the, the rival Chicago Bears to open up your season. 
I cannot imagine. First of all, I can only imagine what the phones are going to be like after the game during our postgame show. But secondly, I cannot imagine that they would leave that leash as long as maybe it is right now to try to get him right. I know. And, you know, that's where is this organization so hell-bent on moving forward that they wouldn't bring back Mason Crosby? Maybe they don't want to spend the money on it uh, to allocate it to it. Or they just, you know, they'll bring in another kicker uh, when there's cutdowns after Labor Day weekend. I, I don't know. Versace is going to talk to us tomorrow. But, you know, I talked to Carlson a good five or six minutes, and he talks about, listen, he said, uh, I know why I've been wide right. He said, when I, if I start my approach just a little too quick, it goes right. If I'm a little behind in my step plan kick, it can go left. So he, and yet... And that point after that he missed the other day, uh, he uh, Pat O'Donnell, the veteran punter and holder, was sitting there and looked at him and waited three seconds. And like, ready? And they get at all the time in the world. And then he nodded and he missed it. So it's in his head. It's totally in his head. Uh, but, it's, you know, you, you want to remind folks, his older brother, Daniel, was a kicker for the Vikings at that game here. It's uh, in September uh, against the Packers three, four years ago. It was the overtime game where Clay got called for, you know, a couple of uh, late hits on the quarterback allegedly, mm-hmm. and it went into overtime. But he missed three kicks, and Mike Zimmer, you know, canned him, like, on the plane ride home. So right. uh, but Carlson now has been with the Raiders. Basaccia worked with the older brother in the Raiders. And so, you know, he thinks that uh, this Anders, the younger brother, is the second coming, and that's where that situation stands. It's... You know, and it's important, obviously. It's it's important. These these games are going to be close, and you're going to need that leg. And he's kicking in good conditions. We're not even into the cold, winter, blustery, nasty months right now. You know what I mean? Right. 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 So there's that situation there. Wide receiver, um, pretty good. Nice problems to have. All young, all terribly young. Mm-hmm. And then this Grant DuBose kid who was out with a back, a seventh-round pick, he's now starting to make a case. You see the speed with him. So, you know, after Sonori Torre, when you get to about the fourth or fifth receiver, is it is it Malik Heath, the kid that uh, I've been talking about, undrafted out of Mississippi? Bo Melton uh, is hurt. He was had some flash in camp. Or this Grant kid get him in there. And then, you know, you start talking about that that argument again do you go five do you go six do you go seven wide receiver if you do that do you have do you really have three running backs or just two like you had last year so that's that's really what you'll be looking for in this game against the Patriots Saturday night those reps what's going on in that situation over on the defense um you know Brooks is one of these guys that they've got on the defensive line you want to see how you've got depth going on there you want to see more consistency from Devontae Wyatt, if he's in fact going to be your nose tackle, so Kenny Clark can kick to the outside. Uh, but they seem to be having some good things happening there. Uh, how about Lucas Van Ness, first-round pick uh, at outside linebacker, a quiet camp so far. And mm-hmm. we just talked to LaFleur about that. He said, you know, he's, he's into it. He's into the books. He's studying hard. He didn't want to make comparisons to the eh, sort of slow start that Rashawn Gary had as a rookie. But then again, you had the Smith brothers, man. <laughs> you just paid right. all this money to, to address edge rushers. And, you know, man, those guys were on the clock. And Rashawn was picked 
to learn. Uh, so that's what the status is there. The good news is that J.J. Enigbari, I think he's looked. I think he looked great the other night against the Bengals, and uh, mm-hmm. that's the kid that filled in for them last year. You know, a later round pick. Mike, real quick, I want to ask you, uh, go back to the offensive side of the football. Sean Ryan gets uh, suspended last year for the PEDs, comes in with the wild hair. People kind of looked at him like, are you even going to be here? And then he shaves the hair off, the whole thing. He tries to kind of do the conformity thing. Tell me about Sean Ryan, a third-round draft choice from last year. He's not drawn a lot of attention, even though, uh, you know, we were watching him about a – well, last week in Cincinnati, they had some really good one-on-ones. And actually, some of the guys that are keeping score in that say that he's 8-0. He hasn't, they haven't put anybody up against them and what we've seen in the individuals to beat them. But there's not much talk about him. I mean, everything is a focus on Tom. Uh, Rasheed Walker getting snaps now at tackle, maybe left tackle. And that starts, steers up all this controversy. But are they really right. going to trade Bakhtiari to the Jets, you know? Oh, no, but they're trying guys out because Bakhtiari's been on and off, right? So they're thinking about, well, what does this look like if Bakhtiari can't play? So they're trying out different guys. But no, Sean Ryan, that's a guy that you're going to be want to see. At what point did they bring him in against the Patriots game? You know, how late in the game and how many snaps does he get in order to evaluate where he's at? Because I'll tell you, if you're looking for that category of surprise cuts, that would be a guy I would put up there. They just don't talk much about him. Mike, good stuff, buddy. Get back to practice, and uh, we will talk to you soon, okay? Thank you, Bill. Appreciate Hey, by the way, just ran into some listeners from the Stevens Point area here. Listen to you all Excellent. the time in the Stevens Point Wausau area. Excellent. Great stuff. And hopefully we're back on in Wausau relatively soon. That'd be awesome, man. Appreciate it, bud. We'll talk. Bye-bye. There you go. That's our own Mike Clemens, who joined us a little bit earlier today in the program. By the way, uh, when we come back, we got a couple of different things. Uh, one, I had a, I had mentioned the the Phil Mickelson uh, thing that uh, came out the book, uh, and said that in the last few years, he had bet a billion bucks, uh, which is a ton of money. It was actually over the last thirty years uh, to correct. They've corrected it now via the headlines. So um, over the last thirty years, they claim that he has bet. Um, a billion bucks. Phil Mickelson said, I never bet on the Ryder Cup. While it's well known that I always enjoy a friendly wager, I'd never bet on the Ryder Cup. I have previously conveyed my remorse, took responsibility, have gotten help, have been fully committed to therapy. That has positively impacted me and my family and goes on from there. But uh, the uh, correction has just come out that it's uh, he swears he didn't bet on the Ryder Cup going back to 2012. But um, the reports are that, yeah, he was betting on everything, everything, more than a billion bucks in 30 years so it could explain why he wanted to take the money and run when he got to got live money so uh you understand it uh let's do this we're going to step away we're going to take a quick break come back uh by the way got to say thanks to john atley and the entire staff and management group over at the uh, the water doctors not only are they a a great company and they supply a great service via the uh, water uh, kinetical water softening system which i have in my house and i swear by but also very much stepped up this year when it comes to our motorcycle ride uh, the end point, which they are the co-sponsor uh, of the stage after the fact. The water doctors are going to be present and on site. Uh, so if you have any questions about your water, even when you ride, you can still come over and say hello. But thanks to John Atley and his staff. And if you want to get a, a hold of a truly great company, H2, the letter O, H2Odoctors.com. And even if they don't service your area, they'll put you in touch with some really good people who do. 
So, again, get a hold of them, H2, the letter O, H2Odoctors.com. That's H2Odoctors.com. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I'm coming. Hi, Mark Tauscher. Boy, you just never know when or where you're going to pop up. Good sponsor, Quick Trip, uh, the fuel provider for the big unit cruiser and just uh, an iconic company in the uh, state of Wisconsin. Uh, they have bananas right now. They have got the ability to win a brand-new Chevy Camaro plus 35000 in cash. They have all kinds of things going on. Got to get that quick rewards card, though. If you don't have it, get one. If you do, you know what I'm talking about. Go in there, use it, get the bananas, get things on special. Don't forget to check the store shelves because you buy a couple of things like I did the other day when I bought some uh, Red Bulls. Got 15% or 15 cents off per gallon at the pump. Good stuff from our friends over there at Quick Trip. So uh, make sure you use that quick rewards card. And they continue, continue to do many, many great things here in the state. Uh, let's do this. Let's go to our buddy Grant Bills and ask the question, what did we miss? It seemed like a very eventful Packers practice today, Bill. I think the the tweets that I saw said it lasted two hours and 17 minutes. But one thing that I noticed, and I bookmarked this, at least according to Andy Herman, friend of show, uh, mm-hmm. Six fights, six individual skirmishes today. Um, some players had to leave practice. Matthew Judon, who plays for the Patriots, said post-game, or I guess post-practice, we don't put on gloves for a living. We're no boxers. We're no fighters. We came out here to get better and improve at our craft. And if any of that would have happened in a game, we would have all been kicked out. We'd be playing with, like, <laughs> 17 players. Right. Yeah, they uh... – uh, just because, uh, going back to uh, our buddy uh, Christopher Price, too, who covers uh, the who covers the Patriots, uh, I was watching some of his stuff over on Twitter today, and he was uh, saying the same thing, that there was uh, more than a few skirmishes. Uh, but the one thing that was caught, and I don't know if anybody would, would, and I shouldn't say this because I know there's a lot of referees out there, but I don't know if anybody would want this, but the referees, while they were walking, you know how they walk and the the guy the players you know walk between the fences or between the uh, the the bicycle gates and they ride the bikes and such, but the referees were even signing autographs today. Oh. Were they making now, it about themselves, Bill? I I don't know. I mean, has is there other than maybe Ed Hockley, is there an autograph of a referee that you would want? Oh, that's a really good question. Country Joe West, maybe. Um, you know, just because he was so out there and iconic. Um, oh, that's a good question. Holy oh, smokes. Jack, that's bad. Jack said, what about uh, John McSherry? He, he's the guy that, ooh, he died on the field. No, that's morbid. I don't know. Who's the NBA ref? Why can't I think of his name? They call him the extent. Scott Foster. That'd be kind of a Scott funny Foster? autograph to have. Yeah. Um, Angel Scott Hernandez, Foster? just as a bit. Maybe. I don't know. Angel Hernandez. Somebody would get that and, like, stomp on it or something as, yeah. uh, uh, in today's day and age. Yeah, I'd ask him to sign right. a piece of paper, and he'd miss the paper and sign my shirt with a permanent <laughs> marker or something. 
I don't know. I Man, a referee whose autograph I'd want. That's a really good... I'm going to think about that the rest yeah. of the day. Something else that we missed, uh, Tucker yeah. Kraft got hit pretty hard and had to leave, and he came back later on in the practice, but this tweet also from Andy Herman made me laugh. Tucker Kraft hurt on a hard hit by a Patriots defender. He fumbled on the play, too. I kid you not, a lady from the crowd yelled at the Patriots player, you a-hole. Really? <laughs> the Patriots guy for hitting Tucker Kraft too hard. I, I, that's really funny. <laughs> oh, wow. For hitting him too hard. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I'm sure he could have turned around and said, hey, it's football. But, uh, you know, okay. So something like that happens. You get called an a-hole for... <laughs> Had it been a Packer that would have done that, I wonder if it would have been the same derogatory comment well yeah i highly doubt it well it's some fifth round pick for the patriots trying to make the team and he's got some lady from shano just screaming at him because <laughs> he's because he sent tucker craft into the locker room for a little bit uh last thing that i wrote down and this is more of a me thing because i love samari toure i really want him to be good and i really want him to to contribute it, he'll be in his second year this year out of nebraska uh love hit samari toure on a deep out and uh, again, according to Andy Herman, who's the main guy I follow, says one of love's best throws of the day so far. So I would just love for Samari Toure. I think he's fun. I would love for him to be yeah. a player. So I like that. Cool. Uh, by the way, Tim Donahue was the guy that I was thinking about at the NBA. He's the guy that yep. uh, got busted for betting on the games. So that would be another, that'd be another, you know, official, so to speak, that you could look at and say, maybe I would take his autograph and the negative side of things, but Mike Pereira, yeah. maybe I, I guess some in some instances, Bill, the the referees that have joined the TV crews are now bigger than the referees on the field. Right, right. Ed Hockley, you would want him, but you you can't have Ed Hockley sign it without signing it. Ed Guns Hockley. He'd write you a know? full paragraph. He'd keep going and going and going. I always what loved when it, he would explain a oh, call. I know. It's like Ed, none of this makes any sense. He just go and go and go. Was it Fred Cashin? What was the guy's name? The one official that would go. First down. First down. And you got to get him to write that down. Like, just it keeps going off to the end of the paper. It just, you know, goes out into nowhere. Run out of space. Yeah. Funny. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of that. I, I think it was Cashin. I can't remember off the top of my head for sure. But, um, but yeah, there was, there's maybe a few that I would do uh, the autograph for. But beyond that, yeah. Yeah, not thinking about that too much. <laughs> but it was funny. You know, I mean, kids don't know. Kids know somebody's walking between the bicycle gates, and they're important, so you might as well go ahead and get the autograph. So might I as well. the kids for doing that. Uh, tomorrow we have a wrap-up show on a Friday as we get ready for the uh, Packers and the Patriots coming up on Saturday night. Hey, uh, by the way, tonight, uh, if you are in the area, I will see you down at the Milwaukee Harley-Davidson Museum. And going to be down there tonight for bike night and promoting the motorcycle ride and looking forward to all of that. Thanks to everybody for participating in the program today. All the phone calls, all the emails, every all the all the weirdness over on the live stream. Today, you group, uh, as a group, were in rare form. You guys were off on your own show, which is pretty funny sometimes to watch. It distracts me, but it's great. So until we talk again, 20 hours from now, time for us to get out of here. Have a go and whoop. <laughs>